Welcome to the Way Life Should Be podcast. Inspiring stories of people who are making the world a better place, the qualities that guide them, and lessons they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Lauren Lombard. I am joined today by Nicolas Garcia Mayor, or Nico as he goes by, for the longest conversation he has ever had in English. An entrepreneur and industrial designer focused on humanitarian development, social innovation, and environmental preservation, he has received many awards and recognitions, including Outstanding Young Person of the World in 2014, for his contribution to children, world peace, and human rights. I had the privilege of meeting Nico in my travels and learning about the incredible work he has been doing globally. Nico is passionate and innovative, which has won him an audience with some of the most powerful and influential people in the world. But the reason he has made such an impact is because he understands the needs that surround him, because he lives it. What really shines through is his humility, his desire to serve, and the dignity he shows for each human life. I am excited for you to hear his story and a bit about the projects he is building. Nico, thank you so much for being here today. I just, I'm so grateful for the chance to have this conversation with you and learn more about your story and for other people to hear what you've built and the amazing heart you have for people and for us all to be inspired. So Nico, you're from Argentina. Tell me about where you grew up. Actually, I was born in a low-income neighborhood. Not poor, but, you know, low-income where my family, we had to, you know, work so hard to, to get the, the simple thing. And from very, very early stage in my life, I was so terrible child <laughs> all the time making problems, you know, and trying to discover the world in all the aspects, trying to discover the nature and discover many things, all the surround about my life and my father suffering a lot <laughs> when I was so child. But I Because but, you were you asking so many questions and Yeah, not only questions, you know, all the time making travel, <laughs> making you know <laughs> yeah, fixing things or, you know, trying to broken probably things apart. All the time. All the time. Yeah. But, you know, painting walls or whatever, doing whatever that you can imagine. I did. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, question Questioning, not only trying to know things, you know, questioning why, why all the time, not what, the why. Mm-hmm. That time, and yeah, this is probably complicated when you have, you know, you are five years old, three years old. <laughs> and from that moment, my my family, my father was separated when I was eight years old, and I had to start to work to, you know, to have the, the food or to, to support my family. Mm-hmm. We were three brothers with my mother. What kind of work did you do when you were eight? I was, you know, helping my family. And at the same time, I delivery bills door to door in my neighbor, you know, to the the government bills. And, and, you know, like a delivery in each house. And in that time, I I trained to, to be DJ. And, you know, to, I was, I'm, still fanatic of music and 
in that time said, okay, I want to make you know, like a parties and work as mm-hmm. a DJ. And I made all my stuff thicker and I did my light effects and all the stuff. Oh, wow. With Are yeah, actually, you know, was I, I made like an equipment and we did, you know, like a uh, different parties in my school to, to mm. fundraise, like a mm-hmm. fundraising for, you know, for the last uh, field trip in, in our school. And wow, you were fundraising think, right from the beginning. When I when I think about this, I say, oh my gosh, I, I had 12 <laughs> years old, 11 years old, <laughs> and I have meeting with the, you know, with the professors and with uh-huh. I have this idea, I want to make this, and, and they, you know, they put me, you know, the, the room, the space in the school, and, and yeah, we have fun, it was incredible, but my, this is the the way to say, if you want to something, if you dream with something, if, and actually, if you can achieve that, or afford it, you could fight for this, mm-hmm. and this is one of the most important things that I learned, because you know, I never complain about my uh, my situation. I said I want this, and I went and I want to make a plan to achieve and to experience that dream. And I'm still living in the same way, of course, with many and other things, but I'm still living with the same way. But at the same time, I remember that always I was like a helping my family, my granny, making whatever that they need. I was trying to be as soon as possible to to be someone that, with my work or with my help, trying to relieve the effort of the other. Yeah, but again, okay, this is like a part of the the base, you know, where I come from. And from very early age, I decide to to dream big mm-hmm. and to doing all the necessary to to achieve that. But at the same time trying to help people and I was the only uh, member in my family that decided to move and go to the university mm-hmm. and when I Where decided to... Where did you attend to, the university? In Buenos Aires or somewhere else? I attend in another, in another town in La Plata which is the capital of Buenos Aires. Uh-huh. It's almost 600 miles from my hometown mm-hmm. and was the first complicated thing because when you had to move out of your house, you had to rent it, renting, you know, making everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I said to my mom, I said, "Mom, I, I will go to to study in another city, and I will go to the university." And she said, "Why?" I said, "But you know, we can support you, and we had no money, or no problem. I will work." And actually, I, I was working, you know, my my whole life when I was. In that time, with 17 years old, I was working in a bank and with mm-hmm. another people, you know, supporting because I, I studied computer science in the high school and and I, you know, working at the same time that I was in, in the school. And I saved some money and I moved to another city to, to start the, the university and it was a big challenge. But yeah, was incredible. Trails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that time, we I don't I don't know nothing about industrial design. Mm-hmm. It was like a new, you know, adventure, and much more because we don't have in that time internet, internet, nothing. But I say, you know, it's like a half wave of 
architectural and halfway of graphic design and engineering and it's something like you know mix many different science and and different disciplines and i say okay that's what you studied at the university exactly was industrial design industrial design and it was so good you know i was like a fanatic from the very first moment and i all the time thinking that i will I will make a big company with this and I will work as an industrial designer, blah, 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 blah. And from the very first time, I make a brand. And in, in the, with the passing of the year, I, you know, I, I, I started to have work as a designer before to, to be a professional. But I had many, many experience in that field, making many different projects. Actually, the same project that I have in, in the in the university, I tried to took this and move to the the real life, talking with suppliers and companies and industries, and trying to make that work come true with 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 the market, not only yeah. with the, the university. Just learning every every part of the system. So, what was your first company that you? Yeah, actually, was yeah, it was a AR studio. It was an industrial design office that I started from nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I started to make many things. I designed bars and products and many things. But mm -hmm. when I achieved my goal to be industrial designer, and I was one of the best notes and rights in in my yeah in my class. You had the but, highest grades. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you were know, the, the top last, class. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. in the last, in the last two years of my university, my country was so so complicated in a in a big complex situation, economical situation, and was for me it was so complicated to pay the rent for an apartment, and I decided to still studying and making all the necessary to achieve that goal. And I was living in an abandoned hospital during two years. And at the same time, you know... You were living in an abandoned hospital? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just to well, be able to pay for school? Exactly. Exactly. Actually. I, was, I was working with a company with many hospitals. And I, and I knew that, that one of them was abandoned. And I was talking with the owner of the, the hospital. And I said, if, if he, you know, who could, if, if he could provide me a space, and they said, you are crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's abandonment. No problem. And I only I need I need a roof to keep, you know, my study to keep studying. And they okay if you want to, you know, it's yours. And I was living in a radiology room. Oh yeah, radiology. Radiology. Oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. Thank you for your help. And yeah, I was living in two years with no hot water, with no refrigerator, with nothing. With a mattress on the on the floor. The wow. first the that first is time. Incredible. Yeah, I think it makes first... it even more incredible that you are top of your class and <laughs> you know, have so much drive it's your drive that and your Oof. focus to do something and put it's these funny. ideas into action that you know, it's so amazing. I feel like so many people are so comfortable and Oof. 
the comfort doesn't yeah, make them more successful because they have what they need. It's actually, you know, in exactly. internal drive. Yeah. This is for me the real success. You know, when you when you could be able to doing things that for the rest of the people is like a crazy, even for my family all the time. Mm-hmm. But for me, in that time, it was like a simple to choose that way because it was the only way in that moment. But I'm still with my goal, with my focus. Even in the worst case scenario, I'm still not only working in that way. I was happy because mm-hmm. even my friends, they never know nothing about me, about my real Exactly. I never be, you know, complaining, oh, this is my situation. No, always happy and grateful to have this possibility. And with the passing of the year, you know, you say, what's, what's great? Because if you are complaining all the time, you, you are suffering a lot. But yeah. when you say, when you feel grateful, even in the worst case scenario, the mm-hmm. life is totally different. And this is, this is probably another important moment in my life because, you know, to decide to live in that situation with no electricity, with nothing. And of course, many times I, I, I was, you know, like a, a friend. Or, you know, sometimes it was complicated because it's not a, an, a, an abandoned building or whatever. It's an abandoned hospital with souls, with, you know, with people yeah. who die. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. So but that gave you perspective so and empathy for other people living in a similar situation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. This is why, you know, it's a little bit easy to empathize with the people who live in, in difficult situations. Yeah. But because you had to live with no refrigerator during two years, you say, wow, it's crazy. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's not complicated. You have to only buy the food for, for that day, and that's it. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. But it's, it's something that, that you, yeah, you extend your capabilities, and this is something very important. But from that moment, I was thinking, okay, I will go to Europe and I will have a great studio design in front of the Mediterranean Sea. Mm-hmm. And this was my goal, you know, from living in an abandoned hospital. <laughs> and I sell mm-hmm. all my stuff, my desk, my computer and everything. And with that money, I bought the ticket and I went to, to Europe, especially uh, specific in, in Barcelona. And I started to work there during a couple of months and immediately my life changed because I have great possibility and I made a company with my brother, with my older brother in Spain. Wow. So you moved to Spain, you moved to Barcelona exactly. to work for another company or from right the very, off the bat you were starting your own company? From the very first month I was working as a freelancer designer. Okay. But uh-huh. within three, four months, I started to work with my brother and we make a, a company. You were the first to attend university, yes. he says. Yes. Did your brother also attend university? No, no, no. no. My brother was like an electrician mm-hmm. and he went to Spain when I was studying in the university. And he, he was, was already like there. A, yeah, and he, he was working in different buildings, making services in terms of electrician and all the stuff mm-hmm. but when I started to work in Spain 
I saw that my brother, the people paid for him nothing. And he was mm -hmm. all the day working for nothing. But he was happy. But I said, man, the people, actually, the owner of the company, make nothing. But he make too much money. With yeah. And, and yeah, we started from nothing. And we had, a, a, yeah, a pretty nice company with almost, we started with 20 employees. You started with 20 employees. Yeah, That's we amazing. had trucks and we start from great. And I, in that time, I had 23 years old, you know. <laughs> so what was that company that you started? Yeah, that company was Catarche, means Catarche for Catalonia, which is the area of Barcelona, and okay. Arche for Argentina. Okay. The company was Catarche. And we made service and we designed projects and we build it with people and yeah, we uh, so we, they would come up with a design project or a, a problem that needed to be solved and you would figure it out exactly we, we start with the project and but we build it we oh. yeah, we, yeah. We, we start from zero from the idea to the to the product to the to the building or whatever and mm -hmm. um, it was a great experience but decided to back to argentina because in that time i made Center for Malnutrition in Argentina when I was living in, in when I was studying in, in university. I was so while you were still in university, you started the malnutrition program? Exactly. I, I was studying in, in La Plata where I was studying because my idea was trying to help children to make homework when they are out of the school. But when mm. I saw that they have problem with nutrition, I started a new center for feed that child That's and was amazing. in that moment I was in abandoned hospital <laughs> with no money yes, with nothing, but exactly so but how did say, you find funding for this malnutrition center did you do yeah, fundraising it was crazy it was crazy but I, I made like a brochure and I took a picture with a you remember the old cameras that you had to yes. go and you know okay with all the money that I have I bought a Stuff, was, but it, was it a Polaroid camera or a film camera? No, film camera. I, it's yeah. like this. I had to yeah. buy the film. Yeah. And I, with all my money, with all my savings, I bought that film. <laughs> and I took some pictures and I went to different commerce in the area to say, look, this is the situation. I want to help that, that guy. And some neighbor, you know, opened his garage. Mm. And we and we started to make like a malnutrition center, and we made food for 200 families. Was this a weekly project that you had ongoing, or how often did you feed? No, feed unfortunately, families? you know, only was during some years. Okay. But yeah, when I moved to Europe, unfortunately, that project was closed. Yeah. But yeah, it was one of the things that I said I need. I want to work in this area too. But I, mm -hmm. this is why I I decided to back to Argentina because I said okay I'm I'm in a great position right now. I have a house in front of the Mediterranean Sea with 23 years old. Mm -hmm. I have a car and all the stuff. But, but I, you were really drawn to the humanitarian. Exactly. Okay. I want to make something. My dream was in that moment when I was in the university. I said. I want to design a dream car, or I want to be the designer of the world. But then I said, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. I want to help people. And I decided to back to Argentina, and I leave everything, car, everything. 
and I'm back to Argentina. I started a new company, but it was so complicated because I get some, I got depressed, I got depressive mm-hmm. because, you know, it was like I leave all my dreams and start from zero again. Yeah, and it was yeah. a little bit complicated, but yeah, I started a new company and with the years was a, one of the best company in my hometown. And I and I make a foundation as well. And, and we this started, company was doing what? Was was like was the same company that I made when I was a student. AR Studio was like a industrial design company. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I started again with the same name, with the same things. Mm-hmm. But I started working for big corporations internationally, mm-hmm. and in that time was great. I made great money. And I make another foundation in, in Argentina, and we started to build center for malnutrition in my hometown. We made three centers where today still working, and we feed almost 600 children every day. And, mm. and we made a, a center for elderly. Yeah. Okay. And my final work when I was when I was in the university was a shelter for six people in case of natural disaster, which is in that time was so crazy, was so rare to yeah. decide to design this kind of product. But so this was like one of your final projects for school. Was my final, exactly. Mm-hmm. Was my final project. But it was like a dream that I say, okay, I did it but it was so complicated to start and work with this. In the governor cameras in different places in the government, but they say, "Oh, it's nice, but she never informed me or nothing, but that project was you know like a in a in a box during many years, and probably fifteen years later, I had the possibility to to present as a humanitarian you know innovation company in in d c this project, that project, and it was incredible because when I when I started to present for with people from United Nations from Red Cross, they say, "Oh my gosh, this project you could save life, you could, you will dignify millions of people." And for me, it was crazy because it was a project that I did almost 15 years ago, and no one said nothing about that. And 15 years later was like a oh a big innovation yeah um, that's from amazing that, point, that even that many years go by and no one else yeah. come up with these solutions was, that you're coming up with exactly it was crazy and the people from the united nations say this is incredible world the world needs and the, all the president need to know about your product and i will invite you to present this project in the next General Assembly in New York. Mm. And, and from that moment for me, the, the United Nations was like a nothing, you know? I never know nothing about the United Nations, nothing. Argentina is the, the final of the world. You know? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, we are in You're the end what is this, United Nations? Yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah. And when I started to learn about this, I said, oh my gosh, more than 200 countries, president and everything and I was there I I worked I I went to the G20 
General Assembly, and I presented the CMAX system. And was and that's crazy, the name you know? of your, your housing project that you had done exactly. 15 years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. From that moment, it was crazy because I had invitation from the Vatican, and I presented to the Pope Francis, I presented to princes, the princess of Dubai, the princess Aya. I was with different sheikhs, and yeah, all the time, you know, and when this history started to show in the media, and people know that I did this project when I was living in an abandoned hospital and started to move in different big newspapers around the globe, and people from China come to Argentina to make documentary about my life. And was so, so, like, a, yeah, it was crazy. It must have been but, unreal. Yes, exactly, unreal. <laughs> so all of this was arranged, like these meetings with the Pope and with these princes and, and sultans and um, yeah. world leaders. Would, that was arranged through the UN assembly? No, 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 no. It was literally with by... They all yeah. sort of heard about it and reached out exactly. and wanted exactly. to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. People from everywhere started to know about this. We we made a video in internet, and the YouTube video was seen with more than half million views mm-hmm. from everywhere, and was amazing. And from that moment, I started to say, okay, and I have units requested from everywhere, more than one million units requested from different countries. You had at this point teamed up with a company in DC that was manufacturing. No, nothing. Them? No, nothing, nothing. No, no, no. no. I haven't been nothing. manufactured at this point. No, nothing, nothing. I have only a brochure. Them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I have only a brochure and a great video. <laughs> nothing more. Yeah. And but I everyone's say, oh, resonating with this idea. Exactly. It's so innovative and exactly. impacts so many people who've been displaced. Yeah. And really exactly. Difficult. And I, exactly. And I, in that moment, you know, I had a, a, I was a speaker keynote speaker in a big event here at the Inter-American Development Bank. Mm-hmm. And when I presented against CMAX, some investor told me, you have to move here to this country, man. This is the country. I will invest in your company. I, I love your product, blah, blah, blah. And in that moment, you know, I decided to say, okay, I will do it. And I leave all my stuff in Argentina, house, foundation, company and everything and I moved to US trying to start this process and when I got here the investor told me no you know this is too much humanitarian no I don't want to invest in that project right now and so you moved there and then they changed their story about actually exactly. wanting to invest in your humanitarian exactly. project and I said okay no problem and from that moment with nothing in terms of visa or any immigration stuff or nothing, be as a tourist. I said, okay, I would start to ask, you know, if I could have some visa or something. And when I try to talk with a, a law firm, they say, oh, come on, man, I know you. I saw you in CNN. I saw you in many interviews. <laughs> you will you will get support immediately for this uh, country. And and was like that. In one month, the government of the U.S. gave me the the green card and gave me the, the permanent residence. Wow, just in one month. In one month. Was like a yeah, was like a something 
historic guy here. Yeah, but, that's incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. And from that moment, I said, okay, this is a sign, you know? And, okay, and from that moment, I started to to, to make all the stuff for, by myself with no English, with nothing. I couldn't say any word in English and was a big challenge and still being a big challenge right now. But I say, okay, I will try and this is something that many people focus all the time to achieve goals, to have a house, to have a car, to have a great job, to have a degree, PH, master's degree and blah, blah, blah. But for me, it was something that, I don't know, with no sense because of course, I had a house, I had a company, I had all that stuff. But in, in that case, you say, okay, this is important, but the most important thing is my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that because as an entrepreneur, my whole life I have been working as an entrepreneur. And I had the possibility to help my family and to be close to my family all the time, mostly in the worst moment. Mm-hmm. I, I was with my grandparents and my grandmother in the last breath and I was all the time helping her and helping him all the time and my older brother passed away by cancer and when he was 35 years old and I was helping him I was close to him all the time even in his last breath and from that moment when you know this kind of stuff and we, if you live this kind of life and this kind of experience, the life is totally different. Because you know that you never, you actually, you, you don't have nothing in this life. Even you don't have your life. You can take the decision to still living for one day more, to have a new breath, to have a new habit, nothing. You can decide the most important thing in this life, but you have to have things. You have to have whatever, a position in this civilization. But when you see the life like in the simple, in the nature way, the life is totally different. It's, okay, this is an experience. This is a short experience. And I want to, you know, I want to enjoy and I want to experience intensive and with whole in the extreme, (laughs) in the whole possibility that I have, I want to enjoy, I want to discover. And when you have many things, sometimes you, when you are attached for with many things, you have problems to solve all the time. But when you live lightweight, you could fly yeah. all the time. And you could move from one part to another part. And when you have the most important thing that you have is within you, that's it. Even when you don't have money, when you don't have language skills, and when you have love, when you have energy, and when you, are, when you appreciate the life in a nature way, life mm-hmm. changes a lot, a lot. And probably this is the final message in this, because many times I have challenges and some complicated things all the time, but I exchange and change that vision of the situation to say, okay, this is not that this is not a bad thing. This is one thing that I want I want to use to learn something more. Because mm-hmm. when you live in your comfort zone, it's easy. You don't have challenges. You don't have nothing, and you will see 
you could feel confident. This is the word. <laughs> you feel confident. And I saw many things, many people working in very important office or organization, and they feel very confident. And when we think that we are so clever, so capable, but when the natural comes, and you are in a earthquake, you are in a tsunami or floating or wherever, you are nothing. You can take your thing, you can take your profession, nothing. You had only you could take your life, and this is the most important thing. Yeah, but the people, you know, exactly, exactly. But we are in this world all the time, working, mm -hmm. working, working, doing things with no sense. And when someday you will pass away, and what are you doing, man? Is the, the way is work hard. Why the people don't work happy, with joy? You have to work hard to achieve that. To then, no, man, trying to work happy, friendly, thankfully. This is, this is why, you know, when you start to see the life with this way, everything changes, everything. Even when you are with a pope, with a president, wherever, it's the same. Yeah, it's, it changes uh, your perspective of what is really important in life. And people may have all these titles, and it's about the experience and the way that you're living and you're wanting to contribute that levels the field, because we're all human, and we all have a limited time to live, and exactly. it's, it's what you're doing with that time that you have. That's exactly, amazing. exactly. And I know, I know people, you know, I have a friend, indigenous friend, mm -hmm. that they never go, uh, went to the, to the schools and nothing. But they have a so wiser. It's incredible because they know the most important thing. They live in community. They help one each other. And they love and respect the nature, the animals, everything. They don't have refrigerator. They don't have AC. Nothing. Mm -hmm. They don't have, yeah. This is, they have so much more than so many people. Yeah, they don't have clothes. They only have Nothing. clothes on their back. <laughs> it's ugly. It's ugly. Yeah. They live and enjoy the life. And this is, mm -hmm. I think, this is something incredible. I had the, the opportunity to live for a short period with different indigenous. It's incredible. That life is something that we are, unfortunately, we are losing every day that mm -hmm. way. But that way was, I think, the way to live in balance. Yeah. We know closet, we know refrigerator, only with a life to explore, to live intense with the others. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. So can you can you explain, CMAX, I didn't really ask you very de many details because you told me a little bit before, but for those listeners who haven't heard of this or don't understand what it is that you made, can you explain a little bit more in depth what this innovative project was and of where things are at now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, CMAX system is like a box, uh, very lightweight, that you can unfold it and you could build a space for 10 people. And one of the best or the main advantage is raised from the ground as a rigid floor with mm -hmm. telescopic mm -hmm. legs. Mm -hmm. And you could build and you can assemble with no tools. You don't need any tools in only five minutes. Um, yeah, it's something easy, easy to transport, easy to ship in. You don't need to use cranes, nothing. And this is why it's something innovative, something that, because 
nowadays the typical product is tents, mm -hmm. actually are tents or trailers mm -hmm. or shipping containers. Right. But when you have to displace people, I don't know, 100,000 people, it's very complicated to assemble, to ship in, to ship tents, shipping containers and other taxis. The logistics is so complicated to send water and clothes, food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in my project, it's like a box that you could put inside all the stuff, survival kits, food, clothes, water, and everything. And when that product arrives, arrives the whole solution. Shelter, yeah, food, clothes, everything. Of course, for a temporary time, right? Right. So it's not just a shelter, it's everything they would need in an emergency. It's a solution. Yeah, it's a, yeah. like a whole solution. In terms of logistics, it's something that changed the <laughs> nowadays logistics in terms of humanitarian logistics. Uh -huh. And this is why it's so disruptive. You mean why it's kind of disrupted the system? Exactly. It's something yeah. very disruptive because... Yeah. They don't have any uh, rules on some, or nothing about this because it's like an invention. Mm -hmm. But it's simple, you know, it's like a mix between something rigid and something foldable and something flexible. It's yeah, a mix so between tents and trailers. Wow, but you can, they're super compact and yeah. you can fit a whole lot of them inside of a container and transport them quickly to different locations exactly. that are in need, and then assemble them very quickly. So in a span of exactly. a day or two, you can have an entire village yeah. of these units that will of provide yeah. more protection from the ailments, exactly. more support for these families that are displaced for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. If you compare with a tent, of course, tents are a little bit better in terms of use when you have to send it a tent, a tent is simple to fold it and to ship, but... But it's not a long-term housing solution. It's not long-term, it's complicated, it's not easy yeah. to assemble, and the people sleep on the ground. In case of floating areas, mm -hmm. the floor is wet and it's cold, and yeah. this is why you need to have a raised floor is one of the main advantages. It's something complicated to compare with another because if you compare with a tent, has something particular thing better. But of course, if you compare in terms of shipping, probably tents are a little bit efficient, Light, lighter efficient, weight, or you can you know? yeah more efficient to get there. But yeah, in terms of dignified life, it's not good, you know. Yeah. So you're still. Working on this CMAX systems is kind of your main main thing, and you're also I know very involved in various nonprofits and foundations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is kind of what takes the most of your focus right now? Oof. Right now, for example, I'm I'm going to the front the the border with Colombia and Venezuela mm -hmm. because unfortunately. Venezuela is one of the biggest and the worst refugee situation in, in, in the American continent. Yeah. More than 6.5 million people displaced. And we will go in the next 20 days with, and I will have a meet 
a meeting with different universities, the government, some corporations and NGOs, and we will work in a workshop mm -hmm. to, to build a solution for that people. They are they estimated that in the the next week they will have more than one point five million people evacuated from Venezuela and probably the most vulnerable people in Venezuela. Wow. And and the situation is so so bad. Children had to walk for more than three days more than 200 miles with no sneaker, with no shoes, with nothing, no water, no food, no shelter. And yeah, this is one of the next big challenges in, in the next week. So uh, more than a million people are going to be seeking refuge in bordering countries and your goal is to go and help educate yeah. and raise support and see what can be done to support these communities yeah. that are being inundated yeah. with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We will try to improve the system or logistics or food or whatever. We will, we are working right now two or three columns like mm -hmm. clothes, uh, food, and shelter. But when you want to build something, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's impossible because the government never allow you to build. You have to make something uh, temporary. But your solution this. is perfect for this exactly. because it provides stable housing, but yet not a permanent solution. Exactly. That would exactly. make these governments concerned. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And this is why it's not only perfect in this kind of stuff. It's perfect because it's something much better than a tent. But yeah, this is why it's complicated because the process to build a new product is so, so, so expensive in mm -hmm. terms of validation, prototyping. This is so expensive. Actually, I use all my savings, and we still having <laughs> too much need in terms of funding. But I know that someday we will achieve. And this is one of our focus to build the last prototype test in the area, make like a field testing. Mm -hmm. And this is our focus. At the same time, we are working in the malnutrition census. We were working in Haiti with the bracelets, and now, mm -hmm. and I will go to Colombia and Venezuela to do this again with some people in the area. And yeah, and we still working in Mexico because after the earthquake, we built like a, with another company and one of the offices of the United Nations, we built a new office called Arise that we are working to reduce the risk in, in the area and with some protocols trying to build trying to address poverty in that area? No, or no, trying to specifically? to we work in resilience uh -huh. and we want to prepare the different cities in, in Mexico to be ready in case of a uh, earthquake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. An emergency. Um this is another focus. But yeah, many more but this is probably the most important right now. Wow. Well, Nico, I could talk to you all day about all your different projects. I know that you are about to <laughs> yeah. catch a flight, so I don't want to take all your time. No, but yeah, no. it's really incredible to hear all of these projects that you have started and built and are dreaming of. And Thank you so much. You're working all over the world. You're working in Haiti and launching an agriculture project and in Mexico with a resiliency project and in Colombia and Venezuela with refugees and 
supporting malnutrition in Argentina, all over the place, <laughs> and have already left an incredible legacy, so much more than any of us would even dream of. And you have this drive and this focus that is so incredible and so admirable. And I think what really comes through more than anything is your humility. You have <laughs> spoken on stages all across the world, and you've, you've done TED Talks, and you've been on CNN, and you've, you know, you've spoken to the UN General Assembly and the Pope. And I feel like the experiences you've had and the, the way that it's impacted you has really been the driver for this. So many people are seeking attention and they're seeking to be important and the drive to be important will never make you important. It's, <laughs> it's the desire to serve people is where yeah. it's really at. And yeah. you've had that from the beginning. And I think, you know, all these amazing companies that have been built and the innovation that happens around the world starts with why it starts with the reason for existing and building something incredible. And that's something you've had from childhood that you've wanted to know how does this work and what can I do with it? And you've been able to adapt and innovate in, in incredible ways that is mesmerizing people everywhere. And I am excited to hear about the work you're doing in Colombia and supporting the Venezuelan refugees and all the work that you're doing all over the world. But I just wanted to thank you for sharing your story and for the way that you've dedicated your life to humanitarian pursuits. I just think that it says a lot about you that your highest value is people. You know, you've had taste of a house on the Mediterranean and a nice car and all these things. But that didn't satisfy, even from the beginning. And the ability to spend time with family, the ability to invest in your community, the ability to solve problems internationally is so much more rewarding and fulfilling. And it would be amazing if more people in the world had that perspective. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see what comes next. I know that you're doing a million other things all at the same time, and you've been able to do so much in, in a short period of time. Just really, really <laughs> incredible. So it's uh, more so than much. most people do in their entire lifetime. So. Yeah, but actually, you know, this is one of the big mistakes because we, we, we don't need to compare with the others because we are a beautiful life by ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, uh, each people is something incredible. Each life is incredible. And we can't compare because the the only thing that many people are buying like a how you say a, a system not to live in there. You say okay, this is this is the way to live. Okay, I will I will do it. It's like a photocopy, right? Yeah, they but, they go because it's a thing to do, not because it brings them joy. And when you go out of that photocopy, you will be all the time faced to the civilization. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Even with your family, with your friends, my, probably the many people from my family, they say that I'm crazy, you know, I'm a crazy guy or why I leave everything in my life and I use my money to help people that I never see in my life. But it's something that you have to be fine by yourself. You have mm -hmm. to be great within you and respect within you. And never compare with anyone, because it's your own life. 
And this is, I think, one of the, the beautiful things in this life. We have a, this opportunity. And many people want to compare or want to say, oh, God, I want to do that like that guy. No, because you came here with your own life. It's a short period trying to spend time with yourself to understand what really is all the things that really make you happy. What really is that you really want to eat, that you really want to think. But this is the most important thing. But yeah. sometimes we are in a well. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. yeah it's, they, say it's, that, it's, they say that comparison is the thief of joy. Exactly. You know, we I, spend so much time comparing what what are other people doing? What's you know, you're talking about the others? You know, <laughs> we can't figure out where where our gifts are and where our exactly. Are. Or trying to find, although all the people seeking a purpose, purpose. What is my purpose in my life? What is my mission? God mm-hmm. gave me that mission. Probably God. I don't know if God has a specific mission for you. The most important thing that you have a mission for yourself. This is the most important thing. But you are waiting for the recognition for the other. Yeah. But if you don't expect nothing about the other, you will give with no expectation. You will live with no expectation. You will mm-hmm. live with the only grateful to have this opportunity. And that's it. And for me, the best way to be grateful is try to give back, to, to help to the other. And this is this is one way. But of course, I want to have a great life. But for me, great life is not to have a great car, I have a great food. Great life for me is be a great person. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And great person means it's not a title, it's not a profession, it's not a house, it's, it's nothing. It's someone that is aware and conscious all the time that this life is something very short, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a gift. Exactly. You're using it wisely. Yeah. This is why it's depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel honored. <laughs> you have taken an hour speaking in English with me. I can believe taken time out of your incredibly busy schedule and uh-huh. all of the projects that you're doing. I know that so many people will be inspired by hearing about the things you're doing, but also that focus think, on finding what your gifts are and plugging into that. You, and I think it's just beautiful how you see so much value in every human life and that you find things to relate to and understand people who are so different from you, who are indigenous people living without all of the modern comforts that we are familiar with and that are you know living in community and that you're taking things from each of these experiences and these interactions you have with people and really just valuing that individual person. And I think that's, that's so amazing and so incredible. And I am excited to see what you do next. So, do you know what is I, the, the, the worst product that someone designed in this world? No. What is it? It's not, it's not a bomb. It's the refrigerator and the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're dependent on our modern conveniences. For sure. Exactly. I will. I will write something. Some post specifically talking about this refrigerator <laughs> and closet. No, you yeah. know, nuclear bombs. No, no, no. Refrigerator and closet. 
Of course. Thank it's the you. small things, the small things that take us off course. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I would say banks too, you know, because yeah. many people save money. Money has to have a expiration date. <laughs> it will be easy. <laughs> you have to have to invest it in worthwhile things if it was going to disappear. Exactly. You have to move yeah. your money because this will expire soon. But people yeah. accumulated money and money and money. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, Nico, if someone wants to contribute to one of your foundations or to the project you're working on, is there a way that they can do that? Yes, yes. Actually, you know, we are open all the time to have So, where, people. where can people go to donate online or... Yeah, actually, yeah, right now we have a, a campaign in, in Facebook, in my own platform, mm -hmm. to donate to make uh, the malnutrition census in mm -hmm. different areas. Actually, this is one of the, as I told you, my first time that I'm talking in English during one hour, but I feel like when someday when I will be able to share with others, to have more support and more people working in this way, yeah, we will make something great. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, this is going to explode. So do you have materials right now in English? Yeah, like, yeah. The brochures yeah. and online campaigns and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fine, you know, to have one person in particular, but when you could have the possibility to to have millions of people, ah, yeah, I would love to have someday this possibility to share and spread the word. Yeah, well, I know you will. Everything you've so far has come from this internal drive that doesn't allow you to even rest. So I know that you will achieve these dreams that you have. Thank you so one, much. One question that I like to ask is if you could pick one word that defines you or the work that you're trying to accomplish or that has just been really meaningful to you, is there one that stands out to you? Grateful. Mm. Yeah, grateful and happiness. I'm a grateful person all the time. And I feel so grateful every day. And you start from the very first moment of the day feeling grateful, you know, a blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, grateful is yeah. the word. Yeah, well, Nico, you are living life right. <laughs> I'm living in gratitude. Oof. I think if we really ground ourselves in gratitude, we are able yeah. to exactly. really experience life so much deeper. We're grateful mm. for that next breath and for that exactly. ability to serve one more person. So, yeah, I want to help you get more funding for these projects and and serve thank even you so more much. people. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much for trust in this venture. I'm so happy oh, to, I'm to try. Yeah, okay. no, I'm excited for all these things you're building. So Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, you so much. I will let you catch your flight. Thank you so much for, for being no. here and talking to us. Okay. And no I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Way Life Should Be music written by Jenny and Tyler, entitled Love Through Me. Follow us online at Life B Podcast for updates. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for listening.